Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, we welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. Going to be with you for the next half hour. Joining us on the program today, you know him, Karambate. He's the host of the Ask the Experts podcast, former HBO boxing uh, producer. And we're going to get into, we're going to debate a little bit. We're going to get into all the boxing topics because there's a lot going on in the world of boxing. If you're watching us over on YouTube, thank you very much. You can check us out at the CompuBox TV YouTube page. Check us out on Apple Podcasts as well. Leave a rating and review. You can talk all the trash you want as long as you leave that five-star rating and review and of course the football sports network we were once on thursday nights now we're on friday nights friday nights seven o'clock eastern you can catch this show uh as you can every single week over on the fubo sports network it's time to debate the biggest stories in boxing with my guy current batia okay current it's time to debate I'm going to let you speak, though. I'm not going to cut you <laughs> off. Uh, Do we have a moderator for this one? Chris Wallace, where Do are they you? they add in the new rules yet, or no? How about Steve Willis? We can get the, <laughs> the boxing referee. Maybe he can get in there. Yeah, I don't some, know. Some people said Mills Lane would have been great for that back in the day. That would have been R.I.P. That Mills Lane was, let's get it on! That yep. Dude. Yep. Let's get into it, though. Let's talk about it. There is some time to... Uh, to really take reflect on what yes. happened over this past week in the Showtime pay-per-view. The Charlo doubleheader, I mean, the Charlos came out of this on top. I mean, there was a speculation about them, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, criticism about these guys. They're, they're lightning rods at this point, and they came through in a big way. We'll start with Jamal Charlo. He was able to get rid of Servi Dervinchenko. It was a big test for Jamal. He aced it. I thought he boxed beautifully. I thought he used his jab. Underrated aspect of Charlo's game is his defense, and he held a guy who was the most prolific Puncher in the 160-pound division in terms of punches thrown and punches landed, uh, he kept him at bay, and he ultimately got his hand raised. I think this is a great coming-out party uh, for Jamal Charlo. We'll see how many pay-per-views buys it got for everyone out there that keeps track of those things. But in terms of passing a tough test at 160, Jamal Charlo did that with flying colors. Certainly he did. He gets an A+. The Charlos looked sensational. And Jamal, against Derevichenko, they call him the technician. Some people call him the Terminator. He just kept coming while he didn't have anywhere to go. And, uh, yeah, J Jamal looked great. Both the brothers did. Now, here's, here's what's going to happen now. We're all going to look at what is next. What could be next, right? That's what we do in boxing. What have you done for me lately? Who are you going to fight next? It's uh, a little tough for Jamal Chala, right? And right now we're going to talk about this because a lot of his possible opponents on other sides of the street. It's the problem with our sport. Canelo, other side of the street. That'd be a great matchup. Andrade, Triple G, Jaime Munguia, whoever you want to say. Other side of the seat, other other side of the street. And I think Jamal Charlo is in danger of becoming Terrence Crawford here. Oof. What do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can see that as well. There's a lot of politics and. You know, take a look at the 160-pound division, which was always considered the, one of the glamour divisions in boxing, along right. with 147 in the heavyweight division. But it is thinned out. Once Canelo left, a lot of fighters have followed him. You know, Danny Jacobs has gone up to 168. We'll have more on him later. BJ Saunders has got up to 168. You take a look at 160. Uh, Andre, not a lot of not a lot of fans actually care about Demetrius Andrade. I think he's an outstanding fighter, and he has a belt. Maybe Charlo can go can go that route. 
But, you know, Gennady Golovkin, also at 160 pounds still. But if he wants to go up to fight Canelo, he's going to go fight at 160. The division is very, very thin. But there is a name at 160 that at least can be the next type of fight for Charlo. And it can be made because he has now signed with PBC. I'm talking about Chris Eubank Jr. He signed to PBC for a reason. It was to fight one of the Charlo brothers. He's at 160. It's going to be Jamal. That's a fight that Showtime was building. You know, they fought on that same card back in, uh, I think it was 2019. What what year is it even? Where, where are we now? Where but we? I know they were on the same card. If my memory serves me correct, they're building towards that type of fight. Maybe we see Charlo and Eubank Jr. I threw it out on Twitter, and guess what? It actually got decent response. People were happy with that type of fight. Sure, sign me up for that. That's great. But I think the biggest thing that we're, we're dealing with is this, this fragmenting of the sport. And we're mentioning so many great names, and it's just it's just so hard as a boxing fan to not see it happen. You mentioned, you mentioned Demetrius Andre. That works both ways. He's had this exact same problem for so long. Now, just, just for a second, imagine Andre versus Charlo. How great would that be in terms of a stylistic matchup? How great would that be as a test for both guys? How badly do we want this? It's not happening. And to your point, a lot of fighters may be now leaving 160, trying Trying to chase the Canelo fight, the payday. Derevchenko, what's next for him? He's going the other way, right? Yeah, he's saying he's down. going down 254 pounds. No shame in that. He's five foot nine. That frame. He he actually uh, contended at 168 before this, so this mm. is his first time going down. What that could mean is it might be tough to make the weight for him, but once he does, that rehydration is going to help big time. Yep. He may have a lot of power come fight night. I like I like Derevchenko at 154. The dude is now like an he's like an A side B side. I mean, he's like a legit B guy now. I think you use him as like a test or to see where you are. I wouldn't want to use the term gatekeeper because I think he's a little bit better than that. Right. But you brought up 154, and I'm glad you did that because another Charlo fought on this double. Jamel Charlo, and man... He took out Jason Rosario. He sent him to the canvas three times in that fight. The third and final blow, a jab to the body. And uh, that was something I've never seen before in boxing. I've watched a lot of fights, and you have as well. That jab to the body, I, it was a great punch, but I think it was an accumulation of what had happened in previous rounds. That six-round uh, six stop or knockout that Jamel had on Rosario, I think that he never recovered from that. He was winded. A lot of people are talking about the fact that he had trouble making uh, the weight at 154. That's Jason Rosario, a bigger guy. So maybe his conditioning played a role. He got hit in the stomach, midsection, lost his, lost his uh, you know, breath there. Unbelievable performance from Jermell Charlo. He's starting to creep in now to that pound-for-pound pound discussion. 154 is not represented in the pound-for-pound pound list. It hasn't been re well represented over the last couple of years, but he's getting into this like Deontay Wilder mode or situation or territory where you almost must watch for Jamel Charlo. How is he going to knock out this next opponent? That's seven out of his last nine have now been knocked out. It's time to crown Jamel. And these are highlight real knockouts. And you mentioned the jab. I've seen jabs knocking people down. Very rarely do you see a jab knock someone out in the way that it did. You could see him on the canvas uh, trying to get air. Hopefully he's okay. But it was a sensational knockout. This guy has highlight real knockouts. So in the same way, you know, he's 30 years old. He's on top of the sport. He's on top of the division. Who does he go next, right? And we're going to start those discussions. I'm going to throw out a couple names to you. What about Sergei Derevchenko? He's moving down to 154 pounds. Now, it, maybe let's give him a tune-up fight. It would be unfair to go Charlo to Charlo. That We shouldn't do that to anyone. That would just be an unfortunate Charlo, experience. Charlo, that would be a cool sitcom. Yeah, they, well, yeah that, that too. Now, I'm going to give you one curveball name. I've been thinking about this a little bit. 
for to test Jermel Charlo and also test this person. What about Tim Zhu? We saw him uh, against Jeff Horn. It's the same weight class. He looked sensational. Uh, Tim Zhu is 16 and 0. He's 25 years old. It would be a test. He'd be moving up. But hey, what about that? I think that'd be a great fight for both guys. Maybe do in Australia with uh, some. You know, they did it with a limited crowd, something like that. I don't know. They, that could be another cool one. I would love to see Tim Zhu in there. I think that fight could be marinated a little more, as they say. In no, the no, great Dan. Names. No. <laughs> the thing with 154 that's different from 160 is there's a lot of good names. There's a lot yes. of big names. You know, Jarrett Hurd is out there. Uh, I would like to see Jamel maybe try to unify with uh, the winner of the, the Teixeira as the title holder. He's supposed to fight Brian Castano. I know Teixeira has called out uh, Jermel, but in my estimation, I think, just this is just my guess, I don't know any sources here, but I think he'll sources. fight Lara. I think he'll fight Lara next. I think Jermel fights uh, Arizona Lara or, or Jared Hurd. There's so many good names, but man, Jermel Charlo is, is the guy right now at 154 pounds. On the other side of things, we're going to jump into a lot of news and notes as some the boxing world is, is swirling up. Could we see fans in crowds? We're going to talk about that and more coming up next. All right, Karen, I got some news yesterday about a fight that is being made, and it had me triggered. <laughs> I don't know why, but it had me triggered. It's Danny Jacobs fighting Gabe Rosado on the zone in late November. I, th I gave some time to think. I cooled down a little bit. I like Danny Jacobs as a person. Great guy. Great, great story. story. Outstanding ambassador yep. to boxing. On the other hand, I think he's wildly overrated, and I think he's wildly overpaid, and I think it's a big problem. I think he is kind of uh, the poster boy for what has been wrong with boxing the last couple of years. Wow. Getting $12.5 million uh, to fight Canelo. If someone offered me $12.5, I'd, I'd 100% take it. But did he, does he exactly deserve that type of money? You know, the overpaid fighters has been going on for a while now, and we're going to pay for it now with this market reset that's upcoming. I thought he ha could have done more to beat Golovkin. I thought he could have done more to beat Canelo, but he just simply didn't step on the gas pedal when he needed to. Another guy who gave Rosado, who 100% does not deserve to be in a main event on the zone against Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs said he wanted to move up to 168. Let's just, go to a second. <laughs> Let him go up to 168 to get his feet wet. He's now fought Chavez Jr., where he, he was a few rounds where I right. thought that he lost. And now Gabe Rosado, I understand they have some, some storyline going where they had a, you know, a beef backstage at the Chavez fight. I just don't understand this fight. <laughs> it just really, really had me triggered yesterday. And I just, I love Dan Jacobs, but I mean, I don't understand where his career is going. <laughs> we need to get you one of those meditation apps. We I need, need you like to a, relax. Uh, yeah, like a blanket. You should be at the blankets. beach right now. Most people get triggered from politics, from yeah. the debate in one way or another. You're getting triggered by Danny Jacobs. Yeah. Now, should is Danny Jacobs everything that's wrong with boxing? No. Uh, obviously, we love his story. We love him as a person, as you said. I understand what you're saying in terms of opportunities. But Danny Jacobs has earned those paydays, and if those situations present themselves, he obviously should take them. Now, with this fight with Jacobs versus Rosado, is it a great fight? No. What do we think of Rosado? Rosado is a tough fighter. He's had 13 losses. Yeah. Uh, we remember him with the white glove, you know, against Triple G, just a bloody mess. But if you're, if you're, um, Danny Jacobs, I mean, this is an opportunity that you want to stay busy, you want to stay active. Now, to your point, you moved up to 168. Your 168 was against Chavez Jr. And we've, we saw Chavez recently quit again. It's not a great opponent. Now you're fighting another not great opponent. 
Obviously, as boxing fans, we want to see him challenge, right? He's, he's a top talent. He's in, a, in the prime of his career. We still want to see him challenge. So I understand your frustration, but at the same time, I don't think he's everything that's wrong with boxing because I think boxing is, we know, such a tough sport. People lose their lives doing this. If you can get the big payday, you should do it. Yeah, I don't think he's everything that's wrong, but I think it's part of the problem with boxing that we're seeing is guys getting wildly overpaid for fights that they, you know, should be, the price should be down more. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, $12 million to fight... Canelo, it's ridiculous. If you walk down the street and and I asked 10, or if I got 10 casual sports fans, right. and I said, hey, do you know who this is? A picture of Danny Jacobs. I no. guarantee no one would know who it was. He's, and he's making so much more money than guys in the UFC, who, are, who and that's a whole other story. But also another thing that, that you have to think about here is that he has this deal with Matchroom USA, and Matchroom USA is going through all sorts of issues right now. There's rumors that this is the last fight on his deal with Matchroom USA. If this is the last fight on there and we're under these COVID regulations and it's tough to get opponents, then maybe, yes, I can justify fighting a Gabe Rosado here and then maybe he can jump up back over to PBC because there are a lot of names at 168. A fight with Caleb Plant and Danny Jacobs would be awesome. Uh, you know, there's the Charlo brothers. Yep. Uh, Jamal Charlo wouldn't be Jamal, Jamal Charlo and, and Danny Jacobs. But I just don't think he's going to win any of those fights. That's another discussion for uh, uh, another day. Love Danny Jacobs, but a lot of this fight right here kind of is a microcosm of if boxing in 2020. It, it is, but if we look at Danny Jacobs in terms of his Matchroom USA deal, you have to look at the way that these deals come together. Matchroom obviously doing their thing in Europe. They want to come to America, make a splash. You may have to overpay for fighters. The same thing happened with The Zone and Canelo, right? We have to overpay for some fighters. So what that ends up happening is later on in the, in the deal, there could be issues. Now you throw the whole COVID thing in there. Top fighters may be not available. You want to keep certain fighters busy who are ready and able to fight. That gives us Danny Jacobs for his Gabe Rosado. It happens. Another big fight coming up on the schedule. We're going to talk about it on the other side of the break. Manny Pacquiao, Conor McGregor, ever heard of them? Maybe you'll see them in a ring in the Middle East. Current, another crazy fight that is being rumored here is Manny Pacquiao going up against Conor McGregor. Both camps have confirmed it. Manny Pacquiao has about 30 different advisors. He has spoke out too with his latest statement on it. Crazy fight. I mean, I have stopped saying that fights won't happen. When McGregor and Mayweather was rumored in 2016, heading into 2017, I was getting asked nonstop. Does he think this fight's going to happen? No way, I said. There's no possible way this fight's ever going to be made. You can stop. Just stop. You're dreaming with that one. And it got me. But there's that much money on the line, and it's fighters of that much fame and, and that much accomplishments. Crazier things have happened. I think the fight ultimately probably will get made if they each want it. But your initial thoughts when you heard about this? Well, it would be a huge event, not a great fight. And I've said this before, Pacquiao versus uh, McGregor. If it was in a boxing match, Pacquiao would wipe the floor with him. If it was in a UFC octagon or an MMA's cage or whatever, Conor McGregor would win. We know that these pros versus Joes fights don't really go the way of the Joe. That's just the way it is based on their discipline. Now, if you look at uh, how this fight came together, Conor McGregor tweeted in Tagalog. He said, I accept. That was a few uh, months ago. Now he comes out and says he's fighting Pacquiao in the Middle East. Pacquiao's camp says, well, well made it, wait a minute, maybe we'll do it in January and we'll do it for charity. Then there's other people chiming in, like Mikey Garcia, who says, hey, wait a minute, I, I got Manny Pacquiao next. So that's a whole other part of this equation. You mentioned Pacquiao's advisors. That adds another part to the equation. Then we have to look at the UFC. They've said to Conor, hey, we'll let you fight Dustin Poirier. If you're going to fight him, you're not going to be fighting Manny Pacquiao, right? So they got to figure that out as well. So there's a lot of moving parts. But... I'm going to pitch this to you, Dan. I have an idea, a solution that's going to solve many people's problems, okay? We're going to let Manny Pacquiao fight Mikey Garcia or Errol Spence or Danny Garcia, whoever. 
We're gonna let him stay in boxing, okay? We're gonna take Conor McGregor, okay? He's gonna fight Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> now we have just solved the zones problem with Canelo. They premier opponent. Premier opponent. That you don't get more premier than that, no, right? No. They, remember, they had originally said they wanted him to fight Khabib uh, or Masvidal. What about Conor McGregor? So now that satisfies that part of it. Conor gets a stay busy fight, gets to box against a top boxer, okay? Um, and and there you go. You have a, you have a great matchup. I'm going to give you that, and I'm going to give you one more. And I think you're going to like this one. Conor versus Clay Collard. Wow. And what they do is they alternate, that one too. alternate rounds. We're going to do boxing, we're going to do bare knuckle, and we're going to do MMA. And That's we're going to alternate every round. The zone, what say you? The zone executives are foaming at the <laughs> mouth hearing about that, where they just take the gloves off. They put, where they go from eight 10-ounce gloves back to the fist, straight fist. I mean, that right there is premier. Put that on top of a skyscraper. I, I mean, these are all crazy ideas, but, I mean, this is where some this of the sport, the sport is headed. is, right? I mean, we actually have the, the big fights that can be made, like Pacquiao versus Mikey Garcia. Maybe that, that happens here out of all this, and this could be just be negotiating. This could just be getting their names out. I mean, crazier thing, crazier things have happened. I, I don't understand. I don't see the point of of or McGregor getting in there with Canelo because I think he gets steamrolled and it kind of lowers his value for a potential Pacquiao. He gets fight. steamrolled by Pacquiao. Though. Yeah, he's gonna get steamrolled so. by Pacquiao in there. Freddie Roach came out and said that uh, you know <laughs> my guy's gonna take him out and like it's not gonna be any. He's not gonna carry him in there. But listen, when you get to the the fame and you get to the accolade, and you get to the prominence of a Floyd Mayweather, a Manny Pacquiao, and a Conor McGregor. I think those three are in a in a in a you know, case of their own. I think you can agree with that there. You can fight whoever you want. You can, and if you're all in the same relative weight classes here, you can make it happen. The only thing is, I don't think it's going to happen without fans. So you can kind of just erase 2020 from it. I don't think you're going to see Canelo in 2020. You're not going to see Manny Pacquiao in 2020. 2021, maybe you see this fight happening, but I think a lot of it is tied down to the UFC. I don't know too much about the UFC. It's not my beat, but I know that Conor McGregor is under contract. If they're going to make the, the reason they made the Mayweather versus uh, McGregor fight happen is because the UFC was involved. So you're telling me that now when he fights Pacquiao, uh, Conor McGregor, is the UFC involved or not? Are they going to let him go and do that? That means that's a whole other story there. I mean, I want to see. I don't care. I'm not one of the type of people that will, you know, boxing purists sort of say, where I admit it's a, it's a disgrace to the sport. Yeah. There, there are no morals in boxing. So if you want to, Manny Pacquiao and, and McGregor want to fight Canelo and on a skyscraper, go for it. Do it. Well, we, we know that the UFC would have to be involved. And Dana White actually said, we have something fun planned for Conor McGregor, right? So that means maybe he was actually entertaining this Manny Pacquiao fight. Now, in an ideal world, of course, we would love to see Pacquiao versus top fighters uh, on his side of the street, fight, you know, Errol Spence, whoever, whoever it may be. We'd love to see Conor if you have another shot at Khabib or fight yeah, Gaethje yeah. or Tony or whoever. That's, that's too normal. Whoever. But this is 2020. Okay, and what we mean by that is we're dealing with the global pandemic. It's changed the entire financial equation for top fighters without the live gate. Now, maybe this Pacquiao versus Conor fight could happen. Maybe they could have a limited crowd in the Middle East. Maybe they could have a lot of investor money. They could obviously sell a lot of pay-per-views just based on the popularity of these fighters. These are once-in-generation type fighters. Uh, and obviously, we know it would be an event more of theater than actual sport, competitive sport. Um, if there was some way to get it partially in boxing and partially in MMA, I think that would be that much more interesting because then at least you have each guy in their top discipline facing off against each other. It's crazy times, man. I would not be shocked by anything in the world of boxing or MMA. On the other side of things, we're going to talk about fights that are upcoming this weekend, and we're going to wrap it up, put a bow on this show you're watching Inside Boxing Live.
All right, Carm, we got five minutes left in this show to get to the biggest stories. We got one, uh, some news and notes from past weekend. Looks like Javante Davis and Leo Santa Cruz, that fight is now moving to Halloween now, which is going to be an absolutely loaded fight day. That is your next big, you know, Saturday blowout with a ton of fights. But they're moving that fight to the Alamo Dome in an attempt to get fans. They're going to try to get 12,000 fans in their outdoor stadium, social distancing in play. I like the, I like the move. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we've seen in football, right, you see these uh, distance fans. We saw that we mentioned the Jeff Horn Sim Zoo fight they had in Australia with I think it was 25% or even 50% capacity. So you can have fans now. You can charge money. Now, the one thing, I understand that they're moving it away from the Khabib fight, but I've heard, at least on the research I've seen, there's only 10% in terms of crossover from fans. So I actually think yeah. it makes it makes less sense to move it onto another right. stacked boxing weekend where you've got Usyk fighting, you got Inoue. I mean, now, now you've got just a bunch of other competing fights, don't yeah. I mean, they're probably at different times, but still, right? That's a little I, weird. I never want to base anything on Twitter. <laughs> right. But if you go to the boxing Twitter, they'll have all sorts of theories of why this fight's being moved. One, uh, uh, Leo Santa Cruz can't make the weight. He needs yeah. another week to make the weight. Next is, we got to move it off of the UFC, even though, the, as far as I'm concerned, the Khabib fight is going to happen in the afternoon. Right, it's happening say, at 2 o'clock. But then you say that fans don't want to buy two pay-per-views in the same day, but there's only a 10% crossover. Right. But if you talk to a boxing fan, it's 100% crossover. They think that the combat sports fans are just buying pay-per-views left and right, but no. that's not the case. I think it's a, the, the right move to make. Get a live gate in there. And as I reported a few weeks ago on the show, Spence versus Garcia, that fight is also being has a plan to move to Texas, whether it's at Jerry World or whether it's at the Alamo Dome. They want a live gate too. So this might be a trial run to see for future fights if they can get uh, you know fans in there baseball's doing it too the NLCS and the World Series is going to have uh, 12,000 fans so you know, I'm interested if they can do it I want to hear a roar of a crowd I, I'm, it's got to the point where it's safe now we can hear a roar of the crowd who doesn't want to hear we talked about that jab earlier in the show from Charlo when right. he knocked the guy I mean, imagine just what it would have been like and all of these other fights so we, of course we all want to uh, see the roar of the crowd and it seems like they're trying to maneuver a little bit to make that happen another fight that looks like it might be changing dates Fury Wilder 3, that's an absolutely huge anticipated mega match, and I can't wait to see it. Seems like it's moving off of December 19th. Bob Arum yeah. actually said he might want to do it earlier. Yeah. I actually personally think that they should move it later, and, what, and the reason is I think that we need time to build it up even more. I want to hear from Deontay Wilder. Where is Deontay Wilder? He should be on milk carton cans right now. Where yeah. is he right now? I think they should move it later, but they may move it earlier. What do you think about Fury Wilder 3? I mean, Aaron moved it off of it. He stated that there's a lot of college football that day. I think there's a lot of you know championship games, uh, you know conference championship games. The NFL has their games on Saturday, that type of that time of the year, you know, right before Christmas. There's a lot of playoff implications there. You know, Aaron's pretty shrewd when it comes to programming and, and how to do these things. It doesn't matter to me. Either do it the 12th or do it sometime in, in, in mid-January. The thing, though, that with mid-January and you're getting into these colder dates is in order to do it outside with the crowd, they said they're 100% doing it at Allegiant Stadium. That is where the, the Raiders play their football games in Las Vegas. It's going to be cold. It I mean, cold it is there. Las Vegas, but it gets down to like 40, 50 degrees in, in December. You're going to wear your, your, you know, your North Face jackets to watch boxing. It's getting a little testy there, so I, it, if they can you know, move it up, they have to get this fight done because it is now holding up the heavyweight division. All these other fights are being made. Tiafimo and Lomachenko, they're getting it on inside of a bubble so we can progress uh, the 135-pound division. There are big fights that are made at heavyweight. You can't keep holding them up. This fight has been moved now three, four times. Just get it done. Let's have it, you know, see who's the, the guy there as so we can move on uh, to the bigger fights. Let's take a look at what's going on this weekend, Karin. It's a little bit of a light weekend, but there are a lot of fights 
all over the schedule. The fight that I'm circling is over on ESPN. Ivan Baranchik going up against Jose Zapata at 140 pounds. This is a fan-friendly fight. I love Baranchik. Talk to Teofimo Lopez. He told me that Baranchik is the guy that hits the hardest of anyone he's shared a ring with. That was inspiring. Like that fight. Love that fight. Like that card. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Gabe, uh, Gabe Flores. He's 20 years old. He's, he's tremendously exciting. He's 18-0. and 0. Uh, He's coming back. I'm actually looking forward to that. And there's actually a bunch of other fights on this schedule. It's Like you said, it's light, but there's actually a lot of fights. It's not as well-known fights, but there's a lot of fighters. There it is. I'm going to have your weekend recap on Monday. We recap all the crazy fights this weekend. Kern and I are heading to the golf course right now. We, we played last week. Curran got the best of him. I'm going to get the best of him here. And we're going to look for a trilogy, too. But we'll see you next week for another edition of Inside Boxing Live. Thanks a lot, Curran, for joining me, me on the program.